So a couple things as we get started. First of all, I'm Lyle. So if we've never had a chance to meet, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, And we're just really glad that you're here. We're glad that you decided to join us. Um, And if you are new, just so you know, we've got a church app, the Elements City Church app that's in the Google Play Store, that's in the Apple App Store, that you can download that. Uh, And there's a whole bunch of fun stuff in there. And by fun, I mean fun, like really fun, isn't it? How many of you use the app all the time? And you would classify it as fun. Hands went down when I said that. All right, so maybe it's not fun. Maybe I misnamed it a little bit. It's informative and helpful. How about that? It's definitely that. So if you are new, there's a little button uh, in there when you get in that says connection card. If you want to tap on that, uh, fill in a couple bits of information that'll let us get connected with you. Uh, And if you take that to the very back back there, we have the 10-minute party uh, that goes on every single week uh, that someone will be back there where we'd love to just get to know you, get to hear a little bit about your story, tell you a little bit about the church. We call it the 10-minute party. Why? because it's no longer than 10 minutes. Look at that. It's really well named this time, guys. Really well named. So uh, yeah, feel free to join us back there. You don't have to be there for 10 minutes. I think sometimes people are like, I'm stuck for 10 minutes. That's not the case. We're going to be back there for 10 minutes. You can be back there for however long you want. So if you want to just do a real quick, hey, what's up? That'd be awesome. I'm wasting time on this one. So uh, if you're tuning in at home and you're like, man, I'd love to go to that 10-minute party, we have a digital version for you where you can uh, get that connection card uh, and uh, have that texted to you. So if you text the phone number 520-340-6868, just text the word hello to that number. You'll get a link. Tap the link. Fill that information out. Uh, And uh, there's also a chat down below. So we've got an online host who would love to engage with you. If you need prayer or anything, if you want to even just drop in the comments where you're watching from, that would be pretty cool. So there you go. No major announcements or anything to start with at the beginning because Jack's just going to say them again at the end anyway, and you don't need to hear it twice, do you? Exactly. Let's all stand together. Look at that. How many of you love the rain today? So great, isn't it? And uh, just a thought that I had uh, before we pray for the church of the week. Um, I remember there was a dry season in my life. When was this? It was probably 15 years ago. And um, I was getting ready to go to this really big event. And it turns out that was the event where I ended up meeting my wife after that. And uh, it was just, it was such a dry period and I was struggling. And I was like, man, this December's been really hard. And I just, I need something, right? Like maybe the holidays have you a little bit down and you're feeling a little dry. And there's this passage in Psalm 81 verse 10 where God, he's actually kind of chiding Israel because Israel's failed to trust in him. And it says there in Psalm 81, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And so if you're feeling dry tonight, the rain's coming down. Let me tell you, heaven wants to rain down into your life. If you would look up, and just open your mouth wide. The Lord wants to fill your life with good things. And he wants to restore just the joy of your salvation. He wants to restore um, just everything that comes with that. And so that's my encouragement for you tonight. Let's look up tonight so that God can rain down his presence on us as we worship tonight. Tonight's Church of the Week is King's Cross Anglican Church. We're going to pray for their pastor. It's uh, Father Peter Forbes is who we want to pray for. We always pray for our Church of the Week uh, because we know that God's doing things all over the community, and we want to be a part of that movement, uh, not just what God's doing here at Elman. So would you pray with me before we worship? Father, thanks for tonight. Thanks for allowing us to gather together under the banner of your son's name, Jesus the Christ. He is the one that we worship. You're the reason that we're here, Lord. And so we need your presence. We need your goodness in our life. And so we gather together to lift up your name as the name above every other name. 
And so wherever we're at, if we're here in the room, if we're at home, would your Holy Spirit just descend into this place, into this moment, and awaken within us an awareness, God, of how you're already on the move, how you're already here, and how you're already at work. And so, Father, we thank you. for King's Cross Anglican Church. We thank you for their leader, Father Peter Forbes, and we pray your blessing over him. We pray your provision for the church. We ask, God, that you would give them fresh vision, fresh just ideas and ways that they can engage their community, that they can carry the hope of Jesus into their section of Tucson where you've given them influence and the ability to minister. We thank you that we, uh, as churches, get to partner together. Uh, to bring this gospel hope into this city that needs it so badly. And so as we sing tonight, Jesus, awaken our souls to what it is that you want to do in this moment. Use this time to prepare our hearts to hear from you what it is you have for each and every one of us. We pray all these things in the holy and the precious name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen.
Come on, we gather under one name tonight, Jesus. Let's lift his name up. Jesus, Jesus, the one I can count on, the one thing I'm sure of, Jesus, Jesus, the rock that I stand on, I stake my
the glory and all the honor to you, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
we submit our ways before you, God, our mind, spirit, our heart. So many things that we've done wrong this week or during our life, God. I know you don't count our mistakes. You are here, you're forgiving. Your arms are open, loving and forgiving, Father. You're waiting for your sons and daughters to come back into your loving arms, God. We have a lot to say, but there's no words. So we come before you, God. We just want to stay in your arms tonight, Lord. Know that we are loved and we are accepted, received into the family. Our spirit join in with your spirit and we call you our Father, which means our own Father. So Lord, for everyone here who doesn't know you, who doesn't have close relationships with you, Lord, I pray that tonight is going to be a special night, a special beginning. Bring us back to the worship, God, to the heart of worship where we used to be. Forgive us, Lord, and may we come to know you. We worship you, King of glory, tonight. And all your children said, Amen. You may be seated. Amen. I don't know if you all know, but Anya wrote that song. And uh, I know there's a few, and Lyle and Micah and Ivy helped with artwork stuff, and so it's one of the early songs that we produced here at Elements, and Anya just, it's beautiful, and the cool thing is it's out on Spotify or Apple Music, you can get that, um, and so, yeah, just invite you to get that. So, glad that you're here. Um, if you happen to be new, maybe tuning in online for the first time, thanks for tuning in. We know it takes courage coming to a new place, even from far away, maybe from your living room. If you're here, we know it takes courage to show up in a new place, and so we're glad that you're here, too. Uh, I'm Jack, if we haven't met, and uh, just tonight, we're kind of starting our Christmas series, and I'm kind of leaning in through kind of a backdoor to the Christmas message, and we'll kind of get there the next couple Sundays as we make our way to Christmas Eve. But I, I want to talk about something that we haven't talked about in quite some time, uh, and it'll be maybe a, a little direct for those of you who call Elements home, and I'm just inviting us back into this, and maybe you're kind of spiritually searching, but I think you're going to hear some things today that, that might help you understand the heart of God a little bit more. So if you have the app, you can actually open it up and go to Sermon Notes and follow along with us here. You can go to YouVersion and follow along that way. But I want to talk about this idea of generosity because it is what stares us in the face when it comes to the Christmas story. And I think sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in all the, 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 the story part of Christmas that we forget the heart behind Christmas and the fact that it's the generosity of God that is actually put on display. It's the, it's the, he's the keeper of his promise, and that's what Christmas is really about, and that's what we look at. So these next uh, kind of few minutes, we just want to look around this idea that it's generosity. It's the generosity of God that stirs our soul. And here's what you know about generosity. Generosity is an expression of love. 
How many of you love your children? You have children. You love them. And so you are generous to them most of the time, right? Not all the time, but you're, most of the time you're generous to them. Generosity is an expression of joy. That's why most of the time when you're generous, like, there's joy behind that. Some of you, like, maybe you're Scrooge-like in some ways, but, like, like most of it is it's this joy that's where Generosity is inspiring. It's when we hear stories that we see, and it's like, okay, here's the news, bad news, bad news, bad news, and then they give you that one story at the end that's like, look, everything's great, um, and, like, and it's this generosity that we see that actually stirs our heart, and generosity is really at the center of the gospel. It's the part of the internal nature of God himself, and as a church, we have been cultivating, trying the best we know how to cultivate that since the inception of this church for the last almost 10 years now as we kind of look at our 10-year anniversary coming here the second Sunday of, of January. We want to create and kind of cultivate this culture of generosity within our people, within ourselves. And I love the heart that I see in the hearts of our volunteers, the hearts of the people who call Elements Home, the heart uh, of people who give here and contribute here and partner here and participate here. I just love seeing how we bless with no strings attached, how we've served uh, local schools and how we've done multiple projects throughout the last decade. I love the generosity and the heart of this church. And it flows from the generosity that was initiated by God and confirmed in the Christmas story and what we see in this time of year. Remember the most famous verse in the Bible? As far as most people are concerned, the most famous verse in the Bible, John 3, 16, for God so loved, what? That he gave. Like, it's just there. That's what love does. When you love, like, you just give. It's, it's part of the, the heart of how you're wired. And it's from the very get-go, it's part of God's heart. He loves who he gave. It's part of the very nature of him as a creator, as a sustainer. He is a benevolent giver. And with, we've all benefited from his benevolence and the generous gift of Jesus that we celebrate. It's the gift that we needed, but we could never have earned. Because it's the generosity of God. And generosity flows from God, and it's meant to become a, a generosity reflex within his followers. I don't know if you know much about reflex, but I bet you've had a moment where maybe you're balancing some plates heading toward the kitchen, or maybe you're balancing something, some stuff coming out of the garage, and then it's like your spider sense goes off. I know you're not Spider-Man or Spider-Woman, but like your spider sense goes off and like you catch something that falls and you grab it out of the midair before it hits the ground and aren't you in that moment looking around going, did anyone see that? That was awesome. Anyone? Is it just me? Okay, okay, a couple people have had that moment, right? I remember uh, I played soccer a few years ago. It's World Cup time and okay, let's just take a moment. Okay, okay. Anyway, we're moving on. Uh, it's four more years. Okay, so like, we, we got this. I was playing soccer, right? And so it's this adult soccer league. We started it. My son was playing in middle school at the time, and I was like, hey, that looks fun. We should start a team. We started a team. We're out there. I'm playing soccer. Never played soccer my entire life. And it is soccer, not football. It's soccer. Okay, so anyway, uh, like, so, like, Peyton Manning's right. Anyway, so it's like this idea where I'm playing soccer, I'm there, I'm in the box, which if you don't know anything about soccer, it's like, I'm a defender, I'm there, there's other people trying to score a goal, and someone kicked the ball so hard right at my face, and you know what happened? I'm the guy who grew up playing baseball, 
for year after year after year after year. So what reflex happened in that moment? I caught the ball, which was awesome. I kind of looked around. Did anyone see that? That was awesome. Until I realized I'm in the box, and that's not awesome in the box because then the other team gets a goal kick at it, and it's a penalty kick in there. And, like, they scored, and it was sad. But it was cool because I caught it. It was a reflex. It just happened so fast. Maybe you've been to the doctor, and they kind of use that little weird hammer. And isn't that a weird hammer? It's like the weird hammer they hit on your knee, and it's not even a hammer. They call it that, but it's, it's so different. Anyway, so they use that, and like your knee kind of kicks out a little bit. It's a reflex, right? It's a reflex that happens. Uh, the reflex definition is an action that is performed as a response to a stimulus without conscious thought. It's just the way it is. It's a natural response that occurs, and it is repetitive in nature. Generosity is to become a reflex within the followers of Jesus. It's just because we live in the shadow of Christmas year-round, not just for a season. We are continually reminded of the generosity of God. And so we just become people who are generous with our time and with our talents and with our treasure as we invest in the things that matter to God. And so I, I want to talk briefly about giving to the local church and why I think it matters. There are certainly a lot of opportunities to give to charitable organizations and donations and to bless agencies that are doing amazing things around our city, and Amy and I do some of that as well, but we first give to the local church, and there's a reason why for that. And I, I know when we talk about giving, I know some people, like, your alarm bells go off right away, and there's tension even in your, like, underneath your skin. You're like, ah, church, money, they're just asking for money. Like, just, I get it. I know. I know. And I, there could be tension with that, and we can wade into that tension. But I just want to talk real briefly about why I believe giving to the local church really matters. Remember, it was Jesus who said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I just think that is so pivotal. What he's meaning is that when you regularly give from your first and best to the Lord, to his church, your giving is an act of worship, not just a donation. Donations matter, and they're important, and we give some, but I want to give as an act of worship to God, and I want to give to what he started. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He's building something that's going to outlive and outlast me. And I want to be a part of his story that he's building. So giving generously to God and to his work is an act of worship to the most generous one who gave to us first. We are to give as an act of worship in the place of worship. And it's also a way to transform my earthly currency into an internal impact that will far outlive me. And the ripple effect of that it will have upon people as we influence them to experience the generous love of Jesus. That is an amazing thing. So when you give to the local church that you're a part of, you're kind of saying, I'm going all in. I'm joining the mission. In fact, we have a challenge here to steward the resources and to use that to not only bless the church, but to expand the reach of the church, to bless people, to bless our city. And so as a church, we practice what we're asking people to do. And we give to a lot of different agencies around here and a lot of different organizations. In fact, we've never really even publicly said it, 
until tonight. Like, what we do with some of the resources. So let me just kind of rattle through some of this. Like, we have a benevolence fund at the church that comes alongside people who call elements home, who maybe fall on some difficult, challenging times, and they're in a spot where they need some help. And as a church, we can come alongside and say, hey, you matter, we see you, and we're going to help you. And then we just invite you to kind of help the next one and kind of to kind of keep this going. And so we use benevolence funds for that. We give to Caring Ministries, who is rescuing thousands of pounds of food a month through local grocery stores and recycling and kind of getting that out to satellite sites. That's why we do the second Saturday food distribution, is to help meet uh, food insecurity issues here in Tucson. Do you know that that is one of the highest needs in our city, is food insecurity? There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids who go home to empty cabinets and don't have food, and this is one way for us in a practical, tangible way to begin to help, and Carry Ministries does a ton around our city. We bless the teachers of the schools, the two schools we've adopted, that at Catalina High School and John B. Wright Elementary, we've done things to bless those teachers over the last decades. We've done service projects there. We've painted schools. We've, like, we've dropped off uh, new picnic tables. Like, we've done a ton to those particular two different schools. We give to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes who are making a difference in several local high schools and the two college campuses of our city, reaching athletes and coaches with the heart of the gospel, character coaching, and a whole lot more. We give to John 17 Ministries. That's helping the church work together. That we are in one of the least churched, like I think it's number 15, right behind Portland, um, in least churched areas. And so John 17 Ministry is trying to rally the church, not just our church, but the church, to minister to pastors and to make a difference in the heart of the city. We give to Hands of Hope, which is Crisis Pregnancy Center, providing help and assistance to those who have unplanned pregnancies and need medical care, maybe a, a wisdom toward adoption or some counseling services. We help support that. One of the great organizations in our city is the Gospel Rescue Mission that does so much to help homelessness in our society and in our city, who does job training, who helps single mothers and kids at the women's shelter, and we invest in that monthly because of your generosity that we're partnered with them. We partner with missionaries around the world, and not a ton right now, but we'd love to expand that more. And we've got some people that we've been given a part of and investing in that's going to some of the hardest-reached areas of the world to bring the heart of the generosity of God, the gospel, there. Uh, we've partnered with local churches here, and tonight we're going to actually practice what we preach in a few moments. And we're going to actually do something that I think will bless you. And so, friends, I just want to say thank you to every one of you who gives to Element City Church and who is financial partner in that. Because what you do helps magnify your investment to bless so many people around our city. And maybe you didn't even know, but it's happening. And the impact of God's story, his generosity is having that ripple effect and impacting real people. And I want to say a special thank you to some of you who are watching online, who I know you were a part of this church, and God called you to a different city, and yet you have stayed linked to Elements, and you're partnering with us. We have some people who partner with us who have never set foot in this church but who believe in what we're doing and believe in the heart of trying to reach and make an impact in the heart of the city that has so much, we have expanded out to the suburbs so much that the heart of the city has felt this void and, and some people who have come alongside and say, we care about that area and we want to invest there. And so for some of you who are a partner with us, you're a part of our extended family. And I just want to say thank you. 
Thank you for making that an investment and letting your worship be seen in how you give. And maybe you come here and you're a part of Elements and you've never even thought about giving. Like just, you didn't know that it takes actual real resources to do stuff. Like, I don't know if you, it's not pixie dust. Like, it takes real money to do real ministry. That's the reality of it. And maybe you've never thought about that. And maybe tonight is just an invitation to say, listen, would you join in where your heart is, <laughs> where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's what Jesus is saying. And so give to the things that matter most. And give to a lot. Let, let, let generosity grow to be a reflex within you. Because here's what I know about you, and it's true about what's reality for me. I want to be generous. That's what I know about you. You want to be generous. I know for some of you, maybe you're younger in life, maybe you've gotten yourself into situations or you're in a scenario in life or a circumstance where it's really hard to be generous, let's be honest, that maybe you don't have much margin and maybe you've got a lot of things, expectations that have put in and maybe some decisions have gotten you to that place and maybe you would say, gosh, Jack, I want to be, but I'm just not able to be right now. And, and if that's you, listen, I want to say, that's okay. But what can you do to begin to help foster generosity as a reflex? And here's what I mean by that. Generosity is not measured in an amount. Generosity is measured in repetition. See, it's the two widow, it's the widow's two mites that caught Jesus' attention. In an in a, in a area where they were bringing money to the temple and people were throwing in giant gifts into there, it was a widow who had her two last pennies who dropped it into the offering plate. And Jesus called his disciples and said, listen, what she has given, see, they've given out of their plenty, but she's given and trusting what God has because she wants to give to God and to honor him in that. And see, it's not the amount. It's the investment. It's the heart where your treasure is that your heart will be also. It's where your heart is. God cares about your heart. We all want to be generous, and maybe uh, as a church, sometimes we do some things to try to help people grow in that. The scriptures are chock full. There's 2,300 verses about money in the Bible. Did you know that? Over 2,300 verses. Why did Jesus talk more about money than heaven and hell? Did you think about that? He talked more about it, not because he was wanting to be rich. He was a homeless rabbi. So, like, it wasn't because it was motivation for him. What he knew is what we all know. What he also said, you cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve two masters. And the reality of the world in which we live, your heart devotion will go to one or the other. It's, your heart devotion is not neutral. It will either go to saying, I need more money, or I need more of God. It's going to go one way or the other. And Jesus knew that. And I think that's why he spoke so much about it, because it's our heart devotion that wants to drift toward what culture says. This is what matters most. But see, it was Christians from the very get-go of the church who began to demonstrate something different. It was the first century church that embraced the novel idea that devotion to God is often best demonstrated and authenticated through our love for others tangibly. That living with extravagant generosity towards others is an appropriate response for the extravagant generosity of God toward us first. He went first. And it's still happening. Here's some results, some stats from this year. What year are we in? This is a test. What year are we in? 
2022. Okay, so 2,000 years later, okay, y'all caught up now. Here's some stats from Barna Research Institute. Christian philanthropy accounts for 70% of all American philanthropy in 2022. 70%. $300 billion plus and counting, because we haven't reached the end of the year yet. Christians also outgive the U.S. government in addressing global poverty. It's Christians, followers of Jesus, who are giving at a rate in their generosity. See, whether folks want to say or what they want to say or what they want to think about the church, you cannot deny that the church remains a seismic value add to the world because of the generosity and the heart of those who are following after Jesus. Whether they're doing it reluctantly, begrudgingly, or whether they're doing it with a cheerful heart, which is what the scriptures call us to do. They're beginning to practice, and as a follower of Jesus, it's our call to let generosity become a reflex in our life. Why? Because it's the reflex of God. It's how he operates. It's what Christmas demonstrates and points to. In fact, uh, the Apostle Paul writes to Timothy. So he's leading the early, one of the early churches. And he says, listen, I have something for you. I want to write for you. And I'm going to read it to you. And, and I know what's going to happen. I'm going to read it to you. And some of you will be like, that's not me. Okay, so here we go. Right? Here's what it is. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Two verses. Here's what it says. Paul's writing. It says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. But put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Command those that are rich in this present age. I know, but Jack... I'm not rich. Woo! I'm out. I don't have to worry about this. And I want to say to you, I have felt that. I'm not rich compared to, right? Fill in the blank of your neighbor. Fill in the blank of your coworker. Fill in the blank of a family member. Fill in the blank of whoever you may know. I'm not Jeff Bezos. I'm not rich. Why didn't he do more? Well, maybe he should. But what are you doing with what you got? Because the reality is, you are far richer than you think you are. Uh, there used to be a website called the globalrichlist.org. You could go, I think it's reinvented, let's see, uh, howrichami.org. Um, you could go to it. I put in uh, Amy and I, and, and uh, I'm in the top 5% of the world. Of the world. Not America, of the world, okay? Friend, you are far richer than you think you are. Some of you might be sitting here like, I'm a high school student. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what? I bet if you were to add up your allowance or add up your part-time job, I bet you're in the top 25% of the world, of globally. Here's my hunch. If you just do the research and kind of do the investigation yourself, howrichami.org. You can go do it right now. But this idea of saying, listen, you are far richer than you think you are, especially when you compare yourself to some of the standards that are around the world. It's good to be reminded that my money is not my money. Why? Because the scriptures have a real clear viewpoint on things. You are a manager 
not an owner. You're a steward of the resources you've been given. Why? Because you don't have to have the ability to do what you do. God's allowed you to have the ability to do what you do. He's given you the mind to think the way that you think, the body that works the way it works. You don't have to have that. You didn't have to be gifted that, but you were gifted that. And so the, 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 the tone that we're to take is, God, I'm, I'm a manager of what you've entrusted me. I'm not, a, I'm not an owner of anything, which is really comforting when, uh, when my car breaks. I just remind the Lord, Lord, your car broke. Um, and I, I need to take good responsibility for it and, and do my, but your car is broken and it needs help. And so would you help? And, and would you also help me remember that this isn't my resources to own and, and hoard or to hold on to? I can be wise, and I, the Bible talks about being wise in that, not just for your today, but for your future. But it's also an understanding that I, I'm a manager, first and foremost. And so I'm to steward this. I'm going to watch over this. And so just a couple quick takeaways of just what does it mean to build generosity as a reflex into your life? If we live in the shadow of generosity from God, how do I build the reflex in and what will it do for my life? Two quick things. Generosity transforms me and grows me. It will transform you and grow you when you practice it. Generosity is not about the amount. It's not. It's about your heart. And what God cares most of all is about your heart. He wants to form the heart of Jesus more and more and more into your heart, which means he's got to chip away at some of the things that occupy our heart. And in our culture, in our moment of history, friends, I don't know of another pull on the heart like money. I just don't. I think that's why Jesus talked about you can't serve both God and money there will be this continual, continual tug of war and tension. And it's not a tension you're going to solve, it's a tension you have to continually manage, which means you have to continually wade into it and work on it. You're never going to get to the place where it's not a tension. That's what Jesus is saying. You're going to have to wrestle with this, but generosity is about your heart. And what we see in the life of Jesus is that his heart was to, to give. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. It's really what we celebrate at Easter that all the way to the cross, he gave everything for you, for me. Didn't hold anything back. He wanted to fulfill his mission, the incredible love of God, the most important event in history. There is no greater picture of full love going all in than Jesus giving his life. That moment, that gift, that amazing sacrifice forever declares that God loves you, friend. He, not, he doesn't love you for what you can give him. He doesn't need anything from you. He longs for you to grow a heart that reflects his heart. It's not that God needs your money. He doesn't. He longs for you to have a heart that's more and more like him. And so that means I'm learning to, to reflex this muscle and to give it for God so love that he gave. God is a giver at his core. He gave his son for you and me, and his generosity didn't stop there. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He gives us his scripture. He gives you the very breath that you are breathing right now. In him you live and move and have your being. You don't have to, but he gives it to you. He gave you life, and to those who receive his son, he gives them eternal life. He's given you every good thing that's ever happened to you in life. He's given you your gifts and talents and abilities and skills. God is notorious, unstoppable, and an insatiable giver. And if we're going to follow his example, if we're going to imitate him, 
Generosity has to be a growing reality and a driving force within our hearts to reflect his heart. Living generously is the way of God. My question is, is it your way? And is it becoming more and more your way? Because really that's where the rubber meets the road. See, transformation only happens through imitation. The act of loving others and giving to others actually changes us. There's something that happens when I let go and I seek to bless and I give to God and I give to other people and I just try to live with the generous. There's something that happens in me. It transforms me. It grows me in that. That's why Paul writes, listen, don't put your hope in your money. Put your hope in God. You're going to put your hope one of the two places. You get to choose where you put it. And for some of you, I bet, I've heard stories from some of you. You put your hope in money for a long time. And then you kept wondering why it was so dry and why you were just still so thirsty for life because you had your hope in the wrong thing. And he says it's even uncertain. You don't know. So you put your hope in God. Then he has three quick challenges. He says, well, here's three commands to tell the people in your church. So I'm just going to tell the people in my church. Do good. That's what Paul says. Do good. Wake up each day and go, God, how can I do good today with you? Be rich in good deeds. Each and every one of us can do good deeds for others. You may not have a ton of money. You may be a high school student, a middle school student. I know you're dependent. I just put gas in my daughter's car. You know what I said to her? I got you. Why? Because you don't have a job. I got you. Why? Because I'm your dad. I want to be generous to you. Why? Because I love you. That's what generosity does. And then I said, it won't be this way forever. Enjoy it while you have it. When you're 30, I might occasionally put some gas in your car, but it's going to be on you. So enjoy this moment right now. So be rich in doing good deeds. Be generous with your time, with your energy. It's just as important to being generous with money. Be generous and willing to share, he says. The word willing is important. It's not enough to give begrudgingly or out of a sense of obligation. God wants us to have a willing heart. That's why it says he looks for a cheerful giver. God, I just want to be like you. And so I just want to give. See, not only does generosity transform me and grow me, generosity blesses me and refreshes me. When I live with a generous heart, which is in the shadow of Christmas and what we celebrate, God's generosity. When I begin to live that way, it just blesses me. I can't tell you the times where we've done some things as a family to bless others, whether secretly or whether uh, so that they would know. And most of the time, I like to do it secretly, to be honest. Um, and, and when I do that, I'm the one that has the most joy. Do you know how fun it is to go shopping for a family and, and to bless them and they don't know that you're doing it? Like, it's a kick. You, do you know how fun it is to seek to bless other people? Uh, that when I have the margin and I have the ability to have, have made the right choices to actually create margin in order to respond more and more because I want to be generous. Sometimes I've got to make my decisions a little bit better that enable me to be that. Generosity is fun. Generosity on any level begins to work in this way, and it creates a contagious spirit of joy and gratitude. Here's what Proverbs says. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. The generosity of God is meant to generate generosity within me as a follower of him. 
Don't fall for the lie that you will be one, you'll be generous one day when you reach a certain threshold. I hear that from a lot of people. I'll, I'll, I'll be generous when I reach this threshold. The problem with that is it's always a moving goal line. They often ask, um, I think it was uh, uh, Rockefeller, one of the richest dudes ever, how much do you need to feel totally satisfied? You know what his answer was? Just a little bit more. One of the richest guys who's ever walked the planet in North America. Just a little bit more. And listen, you know that pull. Why? Because that's the pull of this world. And I feel that, you feel that, that's why it's a tension you have to manage. One doesn't become generous because they get to a certain thing and then they just flip a switch. No. Generosity is about a reflex. It's about repetition. It's not about the amount. It's about a repetition. I want to create this habit in me. One becomes generous when you choose to practice generosity. Whatever amount that is. Our hearts grow in generosity, not when we think about it, but when we actually practice it. So my challenge to you is to start practicing. If you're practicing, keep practicing. And it will become more and more a reflex. If you're not a partner with your local church, then I want to invite you to become a partner in your local church. You can give to agencies. I do. But I give here first because I believe Jesus and I take Jesus at his word that where my treasure is, there my heart will be. And he's building something that way, is way better than what I could ever build. And I want to invest in what he's building. I want to invest in what he's doing. And maybe you can practice, just begin doing that, whatever that might look like for you. Uh, there's lots of different ways to give here, uh, through the app, the boxes, online. You can figure it out. I trust you. You're adults. You're smart. Um, like, but maybe it's also a, a phrase we use a lot around here is do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Uh, part of living in generosity and, and growing generosity as a reflex is that you would do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. So maybe even this week, as we move into the giving season, everyone's focused on giving. What if you just kept your eyes open for how you could do for one what you wish you could do for everyone? Maybe you wish you had the margin to do it for everybody, but you don't have that margin. But you have enough margin to do something for someone. And so you can respond that way. Even for a high school student. Listen, that may be that you don't write a check. Most of you don't even know what a check is anyway. Like, just this idea that you would do something. I can give some time to someone who maybe feels like they're left out or being ignored, and I give my time there. I can be generous with my time, with my investment of who I am. I, I can be generous in something else. I can buy a Coke for somebody. I, I can do that. I can, maybe can't buy a car, but I can do that. So you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And then corporately as an expression, um, we get to practice what we preach. And so as a church tonight, uh, I have my friend Lamar Lovett here. Lamar and I met in a college class at the University of Arizona, Berdo. Um, and Lamar got to play football. I did not. Uh, I don't know if you noticed that from my physique. But I, I did not get to play football with the U of A. But Lamar did. And uh, we met in, let's see, it was a, like a family studies class. 
and we had to do a project together. I remember that. And, and, we, and then Lamar's been a pastor here in Tucson for several, several years. Um, been working at Push Ridge Christian Academy, also as a teacher, uh, and uh, has felt the call of God to help start a new church plant that launches the second Sunday of January, which just happens to be our 10-year anniversary. And so, Lamar, would you join me up here? We're going to practice what we preach. And I'm going to get this microphone turned on. There we go. And uh, Lamar, you and I talked because we went to lunch today, or a couple days ago. So we, uh, we love you and Yvette, and we love uh, Redeemed Life Bible Church. And we know God's going to do amazing things through you, and we want to invest in that. We're a church plant, and we had people invest in us, and so we want to live out that generosity. And so before I give you a big check for a photo op, and then I'll give you one you can take to the bank in cash, um, would you just share maybe a couple words, and we're going to pray for you. Yeah, we'll bear down, but more importantly, praise God. Amen. Amen. Uh, It's it's just a joy to be here tonight, and uh, God has just really dealt with our hearts, my wife, myself, uh, quite some time. We've been uh, associate pastors in the city for for several years, and and then the Lord just really gave a a clear vision, began to work on on my heart and her heart like two weeks separately, and and, and so we just said, okay, Lord, we're going to step out, plant, and uh, we've done a soft launch where we meet over at Ironwood Elementary. That's a school that we've adopted, and and uh, we're able to love on their staff, love on, on families in that school and just in that community. And it's just been a blessing to just to go with God. Our, our, our vision, uh, and, and, you know, our church is Redeemed Life Bible Church. The vision of the church mission is, is essentially this, to live a Christ-centered life that glorifies and enjoys God. We want to we live a life that is all about Jesus, you know, and how do we do that? By knowing Jesus, and that's obviously through the gospel. And then growing in Jesus, showing Jesus generosity and, and being in people's lives, loving God and, and loving others. And then going with Jesus, giving that message out through gospel conversations and, and, and teaching others to do the same thing, to know, grow, show, and go with Jesus. So that's, that's who we are. That's what we're about. Uh, and, hey, I see, I can't help, I see the seacrest. You rock with your voice, by the way. You guys are good. And, uh, and, and I just I love Noah and, and Levi. What a blessing. But, yeah, that's, what, that's who we are. That's what we're about is Jesus in the morning and noonday and when the sun goes down. I love you, man. And um, so uh, Brian Lee was one of their pastors here that helped start the church uh, with myself uh, 10 years ago. And he passed a couple years ago. And so we've set up as a board, we've kind of set up a Brian Lee Memorial Blessing that we want to honor uh, and invest. What he did so much is invest in technology and helping churches, either small churches or new church plants and that. And so we have a check here for you for $2,500 that we're given to Redeem Life Bible Church. Praise God. And And, uh, we believe in you. We love you. And we know God's going to do amazing things through you. Already has, and will continue to do that. And I would love just to invite, and like I said, I'll give you a check that'll cash. This is just, you know, for a photo op. So, um, like, 
we would love just to pray for them. And then our worship team is going to come and lead us in a closing song. But we just want to practice uh, what we preach and, and live a generous life. And so because of your generosity, we get to do this every year and invest in other church plants across our city. And uh, we've told you before, there's a million plus people who are not connected into any faith community in Tucson and southern Arizona. We don't need less churches. We need more. And, and so this is our way to pay that forward and invest as people did for us 10 years ago. So would you join me in praying? And we can put this, this is kind of awkward. Okay, uh, we'll put this down. We'll pray for Lamar and Yvette and uh, their team. And you can join in with that if you want to put your arm out and kind of reach up this way. We'll just pray a uh, blessing over them. And so, Father, uh, as our team comes, um, God, we love you. And we are so grateful to stand on the shoulders of so many churches and individuals that invested in Element City Church uh, 10 years ago. God, we're here because of them and their, their kingdom investment. And uh, we're here uh, because of Brian and his investment. And so we just ask your blessing over his family. And God, we continue to pray that um, as Lamar and Yvette and their team launch out, I know they're in a soft launch right now, so would you continue to draw people to them? Would you give them influence there at Ironwood Elementary? Would you give them blessing with the principal, with the, the teachers, the staff there? God, would you continue to let their vision be white hot? And would you use them to advance your kingdom? That those those who are not connected in any faith community would find hope that they could belong and then they would get to the place where they could believe in the generosity of you that's expressed most in Jesus that we celebrate this Christmas. That it's your heart that went first to seek us. It's your heart that went first to show us that we're loved and that we're valued. And so we pray that you would uh, speak and that you would lead and that you would uh, encourage and you would bless the people of Redeemed Life Bible Church. We ask your best blessings over them. In their first decade, would you watch over them, we pray in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Thank you, Pastor Jack. Bless Thank you, you Elements. God bless you guys. So, love you, man. So, walk with me this way.
that Jack has shared with us. Uh, we want to be people who are conformed to the image of your son, Jesus. And part of that means that we need to live with a, a mindset of generosity. And so God, words like the, the ones we just sang, it's so easy uh, to in this moment to, to sing them out loud and to, to believe with every bit of our heart what we just said that you can have it all. And yet, it's so easy in the middle of the week to just suddenly start to kind of take some of that back for ourselves. And so as we go out from this place tonight, as we go into the week, God, would you help us just to keep from falling into that trap? That what we sing tonight, that this would be a commitment that we make with you in our hearts that we want to sacrifice what we need to, God. When you call us, when you tell us there's something that we need to do, that we would follow through on that with a greater faith and a trust that you're gonna provide, that you're the one who's gonna allow us to be able to do what it is and enable us to fulfill your will for our lives. And so if that means giving more of our time, God, would you create uh, within us the desire and the opportunity to do it? If there's ways that we need to give financially, would you make it clear to us where we can do that, God, to not just bless the church and bless the kingdom, but to bless those who, who are in need, who need more. Help us to live this out, yes, Jesus. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Maybe so. I love your generous heart and uh, glad that we get to, just as you prayed, that we get to do this together. And that the next 10 years, we get to do it more and more and more uh, to invest in God's work that he's doing here in this city. So a couple quick things before we go. Again, if you're a guest with us tonight here in the room, I'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party, which will start in about 42 seconds right back there. Uh, next Sunday, uh, we're doing cookies and cocoa in the courtyard afterwards. Uh, we decided not to do it on the rainy day, so we're going to do it hopefully on a sunny day next Sunday afternoon right after church. Uh, so wear your ugly Christmas sweater, your favorite Christmas sweater. Uh, maybe it's hot. Wear a Christmas t-shirt, whatever you want to wear. Next week, uh, we'll celebrate together afterwards cookies and cocoa, and I know Barbie's making like 400 cookies, so like There'll be plenty. Uh, invite some friends with that. Uh, tonight's dinner is at Mod Pizza off, uh, where's that, Broadway, right? Broadway, um, and you can be a part of that in about 20 minutes if you want to be a part of that. Again, I'd love to meet you at the 10-minute party. If you, uh, again, just may you go, and as you go, may you just live with letting generosity become more and more a reflex in your life. And Lamar, we love you. We're praying for you and praying for Redeemed Life Bible Church. So God bless your friends. We'll see you next week.